What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. My name is Brett Gillen. I'm the founder of Hammer and also post some stuff on Builders Vinsta. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Pinella. It's been a while. What's up, guys? My name is Matt Pinella, carpenter and YouTuber based out of Central California. We took some time off. Breck went to rehab. Everything <laughs> is everything's going good, though. He's back. Uh, yeah, Breck, I'm, I'm happy you're here. Yep. Uh, here, here on the Bread to Build podcast, you're going to hear stories and topics directly from people who are working in the field. Let's get to it. Thanks for that intro, Matt. Uh, before we uh, get started, I want to give two shout outs. Um, one, everyone who's tuned into our previous episodes uh, and those who've sent countless messages to uh, get the podcast up and rolling again. Um, and then secondly, everyone in the Hammer community, uh, we've been very heads down uh, lately and it's been awesome to see everyone joining the movement, getting hired through the app. And uh, yeah, just shout out to everybody in the Hammer fam. So today uh, on this episode, we're going to jump in with Mike Kenochi. I pronounced that right, Mike. Right, Mike? Kenoki. Kenoki. Mike Kenoki. All right. I called you, Breck. Hey, I was close. Uh, Hammer member, business owner, podcaster, book author, and uh, probably more a real renaissance man. Um, but w- today we're going to be talking about a few things, how we got into the trades as a backup plan, why he started a business, the struggles, organization, interviewing and uh, why you got into podcasting and writing a book. So, Mike, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Oh, we're- hey, thanks, Brad. Thanks, Matt. We it's do the clap thing. We do the clap thing. Yes, I've, I've tried to keep that going. I like it. It's consistent, Matt. Um, Mike, let's, uh, let's just jump into your story. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a builder in Fairbanks, Alaska. Uh, I've, been, I've been in the construction industry for myself for 17 years, among other things, because I've tried starting businesses. Um, been in the trades on and off since I was a kid. So, you know, started working when I was like nine and then uh, just kind of carried through. And yeah, I started this podcast about six months ago. And uh, and uh, it's really been awesome getting all this feedback from people and uh, especially since joining the hammer community um, because there's so many people out there that were looking for this, you know, sort of input on, on running a business or what it's like to run a business, a, a contracting business from both the trades and the general contractor perspective. It's something that doesn't get talked about too much either. It's kind of like a, you either know it or you don't, and you, you have to learn it from somebody very close to you. So I'm, I'm glad that you're out there and, uh, we're out there. Everyone's trying to put out some knowledge for people to take. Mike, I want to jump into your uh, your background story a little bit. How you actually got into the trades? Because I, I remember you saying it was more of like a backup plan. Um, so let's let's dive into that. Like, what were you doing uh, before the trades, and how'd you get in? Yeah, so it's a, you know it's a pretty classic story. Uh, I grew up in the in the eighties, and my my aunt would always tell me I should become a carpenter. So I'd have a backup in case college didn't work out. My mom definitely wanted me to go to college. She's a teacher. And I just thought I'm going to college, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, I did. And, uh, in the meantime, 
on my way on, before that, when I was a kid, I started working in landscaping. Then I was painting houses as soon as I could move an extension ladder by myself. My mom's <laughs> boss, he's a principal of high school, had a summer business where he banked on me. And I did it. I worked <laughs> sick hours. And he gave me five bucks an hour after a while. And I was cashed. And I was like, yeah, man. He got a new go. Big money. <laughs> I, I was saving. I was saving. I saved so much money before I graduated high school. And, uh, you know, I went to school for a while. Uh, I was kind of a migratory cook. Um, before I went to school, I was on a framing crew. So I bounced around. When I moved to Alaska, I, uh, I also did everything. I cooked, bartended, uh, finished school. Did some tech work, field work, but always was picking up winter work in the trades, doing finish work and stuff like that. And, you know, after a while, it kind of went that, you know, fast forward, that when I looked at how much money I was making doing one versus the other, the construction side seemed like a better route for me. Yeah. Right? So, uh and it was more, it was also because of where I lived. There was an opportunity to buy land at a good price and build your own place. It's unregulated. Uh, I saw tons of people building their own houses that don't know anything about building houses. And it's evident now. There's a lot of places. Wait, wait, that wait, were wait, built wait. Wrong. When, you, when you say that, you mean that they're actually building their own home? Absolutely. There's tons of people where I live that do that. And it's kind of how I got going on my business is fixing. All the you, things that you have wrong. nonstop repairs, <laughs> nonstop to do. work. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't want to touch those houses anymore. All the home, the yeah. homeowner built houses, but, but, uh, because you know, people invent their own ways of doing things. They should want. I mean, too bad YouTube wasn't here in the nineties because yeah. it would have saved people a lot of problems. My but, gosh. Uh, yeah, because now it's tools and techniques. Whatever you want, you can learn how to do it yourself. But back then. It wasn't really like that. And I got, I educated myself. I bought a book. I asked the carpenters that were older than me, all the questions. And, and I built my own places and I was still kind of on my career path of the white collar direction, but I had this hobby of building my own houses and I built a couple and sold them. And I was like, wait a minute, this is, I'm working alone, like having a great time. I was doing everything myself. Um, you know, every aspect of it. And so so is this why you were in college, Mike? Um, no, I was in school. I went to school for biology, for, for sciences. Okay. But and, uh, you, you were doing this as kind of like a side thing? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to build a house out of pocket. The, the, my first really small place on cheap land. It was permafrost. Mm -hmm. So the land was like 15 grand for five acres. And, and I just built a place and then I subdivided and built another one. And so wow. when, when you... When you say that it's yeah. unregulated, what do you mean by that? Like, you don't have to have a license to operate it there? Or like, is there permits? It's, it's, you're laughing right now. You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I am, I am licensed, bonded and insured. My company straight ahead construction is licensed, bonded and insured. But by law in the state, if you just want to build a house for yourself, you don't need a license. You don't need anything. You can just hire subs. You can oh only do gosh. that one. You can only do one a year on license, but you can. And outside the city, there's no anything. So, so if I got, if you were operating as a general contractor without insurance or liability or any of that stuff and hiring subs, you could get fined big time. But if you're just a regular person, no. 
Now, inside the city is the only place we need permits. And I've rarely worked inside the city because I, I like to be out, out of town. Yeah. You know, our, our builds are usually, I mean, there's not a ton of work in the city. It's, it's, it's all spread out. So, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a total jack. I've done this before many mm-hmm. times on the podcast. <laughs> when, when I think of Alaska, sorry for my ignorance, I think of like polar bears and shit. Like there's not a lot of people like I know resources are probably a little scarce as well, but like, how do you manage that? Do you have a grip of people to choose from as far as who works for you? Like your subcontracting list? That's a good question. That's solid. Uh, I was just talking about that this morning with a, with a, one of my audience members who called me to talk about his business and uh, because he's pulling from a small pool, there is a small pool here, but there are tons of tradespeople. It is a, it is, you know, builders in my town are revered and tradespeople are revered. Like you got skills, people need you and they, everybody knows that. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 and I'm going to stay focused on your question. It is a small pool, but I have the subs I need. And it took me years to, to weed out the ones I wanted to work with and ones I didn't. I don't really want to start talking smack about anybody. For sure. But, but I, I now have like the people I call. Like they're all, they can, they can all call me anytime. Like my phone's on silent most of the time, but they, the, my phone rings. There's like seven people that my phone rings for no matter what. And and I rely on them. Uh, I don't want to shop them. I don't, I don't want to try and find new trade contractors. I just, yeah. my, they, they become my friends and they're my allies. And, but uh, in general, in my town, and I'm finding this worldwide within my show, people are struggling to find subs. People yeah. are, are really struggling to find trade contractors. And all the trade contractors are just booked. Yeah. No, no one's like waiting for me to call. I'm lucky I can get them now. No, everybody is swamped. That's that's one thing I've found as well is like even the ones that you wouldn't expect to be swamped, they've got more work than they can take on. Yeah. So there's a lot of building going on. Is that the same up there as well? Their buildings going crazy as far as how much structure's been put up? Uh, like, oh yeah. There, there's 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 no way we could keep up with the demand on house on new new builds right now. That's a good thing. It it it, it can is. be a good thing. No, it's good. I mean. I, I wish we could accommodate more. Um, part of the thing right now is weeding out all the phone calls. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't answer my phone nearly as much as I used to, but, but uh, you know, if, if this year, 20 people call me for a house next year, I know that only three are serious. Yeah. And usually yeah. it's 10 and only three are serious. So you're really like on the phone trying to figure out, you know, are they serious? I, yeah. It's hard. Bunch of tire kickers. There's so many tire kickers. And, yeah. and you can't always blame the tire kicker. Some people just don't know. And we, it's, it's my job to educate people too. So there's like a, there's a balance. And let and, them know exactly what they can get for what cost. And I'm, cause like me personally, if I were to go out there, I would have no clue about anything, the cost of building. And to be honest with you, the place is beautiful. So I could see moving up there, but how, how cold did you say it was today? <laughs> uh, uh, it hit 35 below. It's warming up now. Um, it's warming, warming up now. Warming up. <laughs> my, uh, my, it, uh, at my house, it's like, it's like seven below. Cause I live, I live up higher. So yeah. there's a temperature inversion. And right now at the airport, it's 26 below. Wow. So, so you're like t-shirts today where you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> ready for the beach. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
two months ago it was still in the 60s here so you know this winter's been chilly for sure so i, I got a question I, I mean most of america there's like a large housing crisis is are you finding that to be similar up in alaska where you're based out of fairbanks is that still a trending issue up there or not as much yeah the affordability we, everything i would say that the there's definitely a gap between people who have a lot of money and people who are everyday you know families trying to find a house because our houses are selling for 20 or 30 percent more than they were a year ago mm. or two i'm sorry two years ago mm-hmm. you know and i i I spec'd out a house to build this year to build a spec house. That's apples to apples. The same one I built four years ago, basically same footprint. And it was 90% more for the framing materials this May than it was four years before yep. 90 for the framing package and trusses. Yeah. So, it's ridiculous to even think about. So, you know, and we we're passing that on to customers and you know, people that have money don't care. It's, it's no big deal to them. It's because, hitting the little people though. The average yeah, shows. If you if if you have millions of dollars in the bank, spending five or six hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars a house doesn't matter to you because you don't care about the long term investment of it. You just want a place to live that's efficient and nice, versus someone else who's gonna you know take on a massive debt. And if the market shifts, it's a big, much bigger effect on someone mm-hmm. who's got who's who's been who's holding that massive debt. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to get back on track, but, uh, so, um, okay. So through high school and everything, then college, like, did you finish out college? When did you actually start the business? Take us through a a little bit of that. Yeah, I finished school. Um, and I started the business. I got licensed in 2005. Uh, I was building my second house. I was kind of working this office job and, um, and time went on. I didn't really like my job. And I was doing side work, you know, for other people. And I, I wanted to be insured and, li- and licensed. And, and I also was really ignorant because I was building my own house and I thought I could write off my own house. I, I just didn't know, you know, you just, I didn't, I didn't take the time to get educated about it. So, so that was a, that was a, that was not. Uh, reality but uh and then about 2007 i decided that i wasn't going to try these this other like working for the for the agency anymore and i was also trying to start a guiding business uh because i guided as well that's Um, pretty popular up there huh yeah and and there's good money i mean it's good money and tips i mean i'm just not you know i was i was managing like my business and dealing with clients and then going to deal with another company's clients and guiding. And, and then I just found myself getting really burned out on, on, you know, just putting on that guide face every day, but I did it for a while. Um, and then my business with that didn't really go anywhere. And then I just really was like, okay, I got to focus on my construction business. You know, it, it was already happening, but I wasn't, I would say that I wasn't as dedicated to it yet. And, and, 2009, I became very dedicated to it. And then in 2010, I hired someone kind of for the first time. And then after that, I hired guys and, uh, and, and stuff just started blowing up. Like I started really marketing to myself on Facebook and, uh, really just trying to get the word out, really focusing on what I wanted 
for clients because I was seeing that I, you know, you can't just take any job. Yeah. Um, and you know, being a, being a general contractor, isn't being a tradesman anymore Not because I'm a, I was a, I was a hell of a carpenter, you know, I was, I could, I could figure stuff out, but now I had to solve other problems too. And I had no business experience. You know, I'd done, I've been doing field work, studying birds and, you know, doing whatever. Um, and just spread thin, trying lots of things because I was interested in a lot of things. Uh, but, but until I really narrowed down and said, okay, it's this business and I just need to, I just need to rock it. That, that was the game changer. And I hired the guys. I mean, my first crew were all guys that taught me when oh, I was no really shit. young. I mean, they were, and it was great. And they were totally cool with me being the boss. Like I thought that was going to be a big struggle. They were older uh -huh. than me. And, and uh, you know, we had our moments because we're friends. Yeah. But, that, uh, that happens anytime, you know, the people you're employing. Um, and then once that shift happened, the real business challenges started because I was totally disorganized as far as that went. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to take care of my books. Uh, and I was, so then I decided I'm going to be my own accountant. I'm oh, going to be God. my own bookkeeper. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn how to build a website. And I, and I did. And um, I, you know, my, any downtime I had, I just spent it working. Are you still doing that today? Or do you have no. someone taking care of your stuff? No, I got no, every, I, most everything's farmed out. I just like to point and tell people what to do and then take credit for everything when it's all over now. Hell Yeah. That's one hell of a career path, right? You're, that's a, general con that's you're a, a good general GC right there. Great GC yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Point and throw money. Yeah. So if, and if say you and could. And say thank you a lot. You exactly. Say thank you a lot. <laughs> Smile all the time. Mm -hmm. If you could go back, I know this is a, a generic ass question, but what would you tell yourself if you could go back to the beginning, knowing what you know now? Because obviously you're in a much better position than you were then. What, oh, what would some key pointers be? Oh yeah. And, and these are things that I go over in my, in my podcast, like my first few episodes, it's like, I mean, if you're going to go into business for yourself in the, in the trades, whatever, or, or as a general contractor or a trade contractor, you need to think about how you want to be perceived by your clients. Like if you're going to be like, I didn't, I didn't do that. And so I took any job and people called me for everything, but after I really focused on, kitchens and baths that's what i got calls for and the other stuff i just said hey i don't do that kind of work and so, so in the beginning the, you took anything and everything well yeah i didn't know what i was doing and, and I, then I once like, you okay. honed once you honed in it was more or less like this is what you specialize in yeah that yeah. makes sense and, and and making my website make it look like that and and you know having a logo and having it look like i had a good business that people could trust really talking about being licensed and bought and insured, not, you know, cause at the beginning people always say, Oh, you're, you know, you shouldn't do that. Cause no one's going to hire you because it costs too much. And it's like, no, people want their house insured. while someone exactly. else was working on it. And, um, you know, so really public perception of you working on marketing yourself for, for the kind of people you want to work for, um, learning how to talk to people, like thinking before you go into someone's house of what you're going to say, you know, not just showing up and shooting from the hip on everything you do. Not, not, uh, not ballparking all the time, never ballpark, yep. you know? Um, cause that'll, that bites you in the, that bites you in the ass every time. Oh, all the um, time. Yeah. So. I, I like, I like what you're saying about how you present yourself because that's something I've been 
it took me a while to learn, but once I did, it, it kind of all fell, fell into place because in the beginning, I, I've talked about it many times on here. We, we did the most randomest shit and it was because we were just starting in business, even being in California, this place is popping, but it was tough. And I, I remember that this one project, we got a call and this lady asked us, can you build us a leaf deflector? And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What is a, what is a leaf deflector? And I go over to her house and she has this neighbor with a very large tree. And she says, I just want to make all the leaves go back into her yard. And I'm like, so what? And she had a pool right there. And I'm like, so you want me to build a leaf deflector to where the leaves fall onto it and then slide back into her, her yard. Exactly. And I'm like, this is the low. I got I don't know what, what more I could do here. Like, it was ridiculous. And then once I started, like people still trip out because the that's majority... when you refer them to someone you don't like. Exactly. Matt, I'm really glad you didn't specialize in that. That's in, in leaf deflectors. I don't know if there's a business for it. <laughs> Super niche but, market. Like now the I only do, thing I... you might have lost, you might have lost friends too. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but I, I only post framing stuff now and people are kind of tripping out if they see us doing anything else, but it's like, in, in a sense, it's a good thing because that's all I want to do if I just want to frame homes and that's all people think I do, I think I'm getting my point across. Like that's, that's what we specialize in. So it took me a long time to figure that out. And once I did, that was like a game changer. Absolutely. And when you, and when you have your crew shifting between different trades, like, or doing different things all the time, it's not efficient. Like you frame and your crew's ready to frame. It's dialed. You guys don't even have to talk to each other anymore. You just say, no, you're just shouting numbers, yep. right? Yeah. I, I have a friend here locally that does all of our roofing for us. And every single project we do, sometimes we'll sub out um, a few different things, but roofing, it always comes down to that. And it's something we've done in the past. But every time I think like this dude can do it three times as quick as us, because that's, that's all he focuses on. And they're freaking insane with it. Oh yeah. But like, I, I like I said earlier, I just got back from Idaho and, I did carpet, drywall, painting, some electrical, some plumbing. And like the whole time, everyone was fucking flustered. Like, where's my hammer? Anyone have a screwdriver? Where's the tape? Like it was a disaster. So yeah, mm -hmm. honing in on a single skill is like one of the best things I can advise anyone to do because the last three weeks have sucked. So we're not going to see like a Matt Banks drywall anytime soon. If you saw the drywall I put up in that house, you'd laugh at me. Yeah, leave it I'll to post the hangers, listing. man. Leave it to the hangers. <laughs> uh, you know, and back to that public, that perception thing, that concept, like the, the, one of the things to me is like, there's a lot of ways to say something to somebody and, and it doesn't hurt you to like, you're not like, you're not like lessening yourself or not being true to yourself. If you take a minute to think about who the person is you're talking to and like, how it might sound better to them because you're not lying. You're not, you're not changing yourself. You're just, you're just choosing certain words to explain things in a different way that makes it easier for someone to understand or makes them more comfortable than like, say how we talk to our subcontractors or each other in the, on the job site. You, you have know? to present it to them in a way that they'll understand. And that's, mm -hmm. that's something I've found as well as some people aren't visual people. So they, they can't take what you're saying. Like we'll run a beam across here and then, this will cut back this way that you have to give it to them in a way that they can understand it. Yeah. Mike, I mean, you, you bring up like a really good point around like the marketing and the, 
perception of it as well, because I, I think, you know, growing up in a construction family, just hearing a lot of people talk within the industry, that's like the last thing that they really focus on. They're really good at their work, but they really don't put an effort to the public perception of their business, like the logo, the branding, the copy, the website. It really just comes down to, sure, there's a lot of business that runs through word of mouth, totally get that. If you're completely reliant on that, you can't really control the word of mouth. Like online, if you can reach people that's 3,000 people instead of three, like that word of mouth is just goes through, you know, multiple networks. But I think that's one thing that a lot of construction businesses need to focus on too, because I'll give you an example. Like when people come through Hammer and they're looking for work or like, hey, can you connect us with a business? We'll go through, look at some company pages. I'm like, this is fucking awful. Like why, why would, especially, and I'm talking a little bit more different than the, the client side of it, the client side, sure. It's a little bit different market and like perception and branding and everything around that. But still, even for like employees too, when you're trying to recruit people, they go to your website and it looks like you haven't touched this thing from the early 2000s. Like why would anyone want to work for your business? Yeah. Sure. You can keep them working, but that perception, especially with this new generation coming in too, it's completely different ball, ball game. It's true, man. And that, that recruiting thing is huge. Cause you know, I, I want people, I wanted people to come to me and I, you know, my website's good. I have a, I have a theory with it that I didn't want to show everybody everything because, because certain finishes turn off certain kinds of people. So I didn't want to show yeah. like, well, there's definitely finishes I didn't want to show. Cause sometimes people choose stuff that you don't want to show, but, but I definitely feel like I present, I have my websites where, people that were looking for work called me and said, Hey, I checked out your website. I'd like Mm -hmm. to work for you. And I'm like, this is awesome. And also going back to what you just said, Breck, I was talking to a guy at a pub one night, talking to a friend, another guy walks up and I was wearing my company hoodie. And he said, Oh, are you do own straight ahead construction? And I said, I do. And he said, Oh, I, I was looking at your website. I need something done on my house, but I looked at your website and I know I can't afford you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. I'm winning. I'm winning. I mean, you're uh, specializing. Probably could, he probably could have easily afforded us. We're not, I mean, it's no, no one's like that much more expensive than the next guy. You know what I mean? We're all, we're all, it's pretty competitive rates when it comes down to it. I'm glad you at least have a website too. Because even when I try to do Google searching and everything, I can't find half the people that should be out there. And everybody needs their Google reviews. One more thing. You all have to have Google reviews for your businesses. You need to get your clients on there. Five-star reviews. I got 28 of them. 29 coming soon. And then, and then the Google and then the Google knows you. Mm-hmm. And, and it reckon, you, you come up in every search. And then when you search for a contractor, it pops up the little map and you're on there. Yeah. Matt was raising his hand around the whole like website thing, but uh, I I don't, I don't have a website. You still populate when uh, someone Googles Matt Banks when YouTube is indexed. So yeah, no, that is, but like the company itself isn't that, that's something I've wanted to change for a while, but yeah, I need to sit down and, and find the time. It'll happen eventually. Just hire it out on Fiverr. Now there you go. Did you actually do that? No, I I actually, I actually built my original website and I've got a buddy who is like a super science computer scientist guy who helps me out. Um, he's a, he's a bass player in my, in a band I was in. He's also an amazing computer guy. I need to figure something out. Cause like, like you're saying how you, how you put yourself out there is huge. 
And it's something that I haven't done before. Um, but as I move forward, it's something that I need to do. You can put a bid on Fiverr, just put a project bid, and then people will, quote, people will bid on it. Okay. Say, this is what I want. Just put up a couple of pictures and it's incredibly inexpensive. The thing there is to tip them well because they do it for so cheap. And Shit. they're good. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what's out there. Well, I'll have to make that happen because it's something that I need to do. Mike, talk, talk to us a little bit more about like when you were running your business and just, you know, you'd brought up the organization and proper planning and everything. What are some of like the biggest hurdles and struggles that you had? Because it, it, it sounds like from your journey, uh, you kind of were a self-starter. I know a lot of people that come into the industry, they typically like want to go start their business from day one. Um, you know, I've kind of been a more advocate of like, go work for someone, learn everything that you can from like a project manager or GC sub, whatever, and then go off on your own. But how was that for you? If that was your starting point? Well, yeah, the, the running the business was a super big struggle. And for all the reasons we've already talked about, just because I wore too many hats to begin with. And, and then when it came to managing a crew, like I had some experience working, I had of course, I've worked with people, but being the boss, being the big boss was hard for me, like communicating effectively with my crew. I expected them to read my mind all the time. I yelled a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I was, that's how I was trained as a carpenter was to like, everybody just yelled at each other and I don't, it's totally ineffective. It does um, nothing, but yeah, I know does, exactly it does what nothing. you're talking It scares about. people actually. Cause I know when I got yelled at as a, as a, as a kid, I didn't, as you know, on a crew that it may be scared, <laughs> maybe screw up more. Yeah, but, you, walk, um, you walk on eggshells. So I think, I think effective communication with employees was, was huge. And that's, you know, part of the inspiration for the book is I started really figuring out ways to communicate what needed to be done with my employees by writing it down, printing mm. it, typing it, printing it, handing it to them, like walking through it, you know, and, and prioritizing and, um, I not being prepared for meetings with clients was another one. I learned quickly that I needed to present things better because so many, because what, because people's perception of what a project is are totally different. I can see one thing and they can see another. And when that, when it comes time to get paid and they're said, well, I thought this is included. <laughs> and you're like, what? No, it wasn't. And, and you had verbal agreements along the way and blah, 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 and didn't write it down, post. You have to write mm -hmm. everything down. Every single thing has to be written down. You have to walk them through the contracts. You got to make sure you're on the same page. And if there is a misunderstanding that comes up after the contract sign, you need to get on it. Sit down, have a calm conversation so nothing gets, uh, nothing gets out of control. You got to keep your cool. Um, and you have to understand that you know, the general public doesn't understand your trades, they don't understand what a house is. That's why they hired you. So there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of education, uh, educating that needs to happen. That's just part of the job. It's the whole budget versus reality. Yeah. And, and I, I, one thing about my, my path towards being a general was I did have experience in so many different things. So I've worked with people in all different areas. I mean, I've guided people from all over the country all different, all different income levels, you know, from, from people who are spending their life savings to go on a, a trip with me to, you know, billionaire CEOs of, of GE, 
and then bartending and and substitute teaching and whatever working in the field with scientists and uh, you know I've had every job in this town kind of kind of thing so so I have a decent sense of clients which helped me a lot well, let's and- talk about everybody's situation is different. Like, like you were saying, falling back on that real quick, because I think it's important. Um, the whole getting everything in writing um, is a huge one because a lot of people, I, I know we did it for sure. I, I was always told growing up, especially in this industry, that a verbal agreement will hold up in court. A verbal agreement <laughs> means shit. It means nothing. And 99% of the time they side with homeowners anyway. So you're not going to win. And that, that was big. Cause I remember we've lost out on a lot of change orders because they're like, yeah, just mm. change this over here. Do this over oh, here. Yeah. Let, let's, let's move that. Tell me about it. And I'm like, for sure. We'll do it right now. We do it. And then it's like, all right. So what are you talking about? It's been like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I, I like that you bring that up because that is something I think a lot of people can take away is that any sort of changes, no matter if it's good or bad, um, needs to be written down immediately. That's two good takeaways. Read your documents, get everything in writing. People don't know, no contracts. verbal agreements. Yeah. No <laughs> verbal agreements ever. Talk to us about, uh, the book. It sounds like the, your whole kind of like beginning habit of getting things in writing was kind of like the catalyst behind the book. Is that correct, Mike? Yeah. Well, there's, there's so many wheels and spin when that happened. You know, I was, I, I, I kind of had the brainchild for the book in like 2014 when my business really blew up. I had, a, I had, you know, three full-time carpenters and then that would vary depending on when I could find more help, but I was subbing out. I was running tons of subs, tons of jobs and, and I was overwhelmed. And I was just finding different ways to organize stuff. And I was really, I was really seeing like fast forward two years to 2016. It's definitely the peak. It's I'm, I'm losing kind of control of, of the steering wheel here. You know, my, I've got so many people working on so many jobs all over town. And then I'm just trying to manage my crew, which then was like three to six people, depending on the week. Um, and they're interacting with my clients a lot and I'm really started focusing on my communication with them need to be even better. Cause it wasn't, I was not around enough. You know what I mean? Cause you have to let part of, part of being a general contractor is letting go. I mean, some of the best advice mm-hmm. I've got is letting go and trusting the people around you. I have to trust my straight, my trade contractors to do things right. I don't, I shouldn't have to go inspect everything. They should inspect it. I have to trust my crew to do things right. So, so getting my message across, having to say it one time was a big deal. Same thing with contracts, saying it one time. It needed to all be clear from the start because what you will find yourself doing is saying the same things over and over and over. And it's, there's no reason to do that. that you'll kill yourself and you'll get frustrated. You, you, you get more stressed out. Uh, so you know, as I was doing that and saving all these files and re reprinting them again for another job and just updating it with something else, I was like, I, this needs to be a book. 
I've got, you know, 67 checklists and I, and I learned how to do all this on my own. And I, and I spent so many hours, you know, if I didn't have work, one of the key things for me was that I started, I started not taking jobs when I, when my spidey sense went off, when it didn't feel right. I was like, if someone seems like they're a psycho, they are like, don't, don't second guess that. Absolutely. Trust your gut. You know, like if it doesn't feel good in the phone call, don't go to their house. Yeah. Look for those and red so, flags. And so, yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of podcasts about that. And so I would decide, okay, if, if my bills are paid, if I have enough money to carry on what I'm doing right now, I'm just going to work on myself. And now if I, if there's going to be a few down days or down week or two, I've got a, a huge list of stuff to do to improve my business and myself that I need to take care of. And I, that's, so that was a huge thing for me is always kind of going back to that list. I'm at home, I'm working on myself, I'm working on my business. That paid off for me big time. Now so. you, you have to take care of yourself. So you're, you're saying you've been, you've been writing for the last, what would that be, seven years now? No, I, well, the book, the, I, I started the book in 2016. Okay. And didn't really know what was gonna happen with it. And kind of took 2017 off, off of it because I was busy well into the year and just it didn't allow me to sit down. And then uh, 2018, I kind of focused it a lot. 2019, I revised it because I didn't work on it during this summer. I didn't work okay. on it. I, I, when I had downtime, I was I, and I could really focus on it. I did. In the summer, I might make notes in my notebook that say, you know, add this to this chapter. And at the end of the week, I would add a bunch of stuff. Because the thing I wanted to capture was that I'm actually doing this as the book is happening. The book is evolving out of my process. That's so awesome. I, I didn't want it to all to be like an afterthought. Like I was living it. So that's what I want to, I want people to understand in the book that I, I was living that as I wrote it. That's pretty and, cool. And, and so, so it started after my busiest year and then over the next few years, as I applied those things that I was had been writing down the last few years, I saw how it all worked out and then, you know, adapted the book to it. Like we've said in the beginning of this, it's really cool that some people are willing to actually give up some info like that because a lot of people go into this industry blind. So by being able to essentially get in your head for multiple years, I, I think I, I personally want to read it. I'm big on reading. Um, sounds like there's a lot of key takeaways. If someone were to pick up the, the book today, Mike, what would they expect if they were to open it up? Um, a bunch in, of words my, and a picture in my head. Good start uh, in my head. So there's, there's 12 chapters and in my head, if you, you have this book in your console of your truck and, and you're like, Oh, I remember something Mike wrote down. You can go to the book and grab it. Or if you're like sitting in there waiting for something, you can open the book to any chapter because they're all kind of independent of each other. You can go to how to, like billing. How do I bill? What yeah. is billing? You can go to uh, uh, client, you know, interacting with clients, like the, from the first cold call to the first meeting. And then there's another chapter on working with clients under contract or taking your contract or taking your bid and proposal and turning it into a contract. Like that's a chapter in itself. So you can 
you can take any one bit of it and 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 pick and choose this is what i need to read about it's and not take something away yeah you're not, it's definitely there's not a book like it i definitely researched the hell out of it and if, if this book existed i would buy it today because i still want to know more i'm not perfect at what i do you know it's an evolving process and just like every project we have everything's different so you have to adapt daily and and think about the big picture of what you really want to do with your business um, and do the best you can do it at, at, at taking care of the little things, you know, cause, cause those will never be perfect because every client's going to react to things differently as well. Um, so, so yeah, do, do we you, have a, a published date on when this can be purchased? Cause I, I think there's going to be quite a few people interested. Well, I was going to launch it in October and, uh, and then that was, I had this that was new two one. months ago. Yeah. Well, I had this new idea. I know I was going to do it last year too. Um, cause it really, it, it just needs to be sent to a final editor. Okay. But right now I have some people looking at it and I want to see what happens when they're done. And I can't really, I, there's not really much more I'm going to say about that, but I will probably launch it next spring after the second season of the podcast is, is, is done. Okay. And, uh, well, when you yeah, do I, send over links to us and we'll, we'll promo because right off the bat with the whole breaking down a proposal and breaking down a contract, that's something a lot of people don't know about. Um, me personally, I know that I took like six different contracts and tried to make it into my own and then ended yeah. up saying, screw it. And then it, it works, but it's all a learning curve. And a lot of people like yourself, you said it was trial and error and a bunch of mistakes later that it finally got a little bit close to perfect so let us know when you do drop it and we'll we'll promote the heck out of it thanks i will and you know one of brett going back to your question your, your question about what can they expect one of the things about the book is, is it's a simple approach i used what i had i used the software that was free with my computer um i eventually you know i say i did start farming stuff out but I do want to convey like, you know, for people out there that are starting, it's expensive to buy certain software. It's expensive to buy architectural software. It's expensive to have a, 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 an estimating program that you're paying five or $600 a month for when you don't know what five or six or months of the year even look like. And that's $3,600 in overhead when you're starting out or even after you've been in business for a while, it's a lot of money. So, so it's definitely, there's some simple stuff in there and, and, and it talks about what you can do in the future, but it, it's basically what I did with what I had. Was it, was this kind of like, uh, the evolution into the podcast too, is to extract a lot of that information, get real time people in there to talk about these things. Yeah, th that the podcast has been a, has been really <clears throat> kind of out of the blue i i you know two of my subcontractors read the manuscript of the book and both of them said they really liked it and one was like i read half tonight or last night i'm doing three things you said for the rest of my business like starting today i'll finish the book and then another one said hey i was working on a contract last night and i decided not to send it because you said don't send it the same day that you that you finish it and then there was something I wanted to read in the chapter that you, but I couldn't remember what it was. So I'm going to go back and read it. And I thought, boom, that's super cool. So it kind of was like, okay, let's test this on the rest of the world. 
And, you know, I've basically been trying to take some of the content of the book and translate it into a verbal mm -hmm. uh, explanation. And, and it, it's a little rough at the start, I got to say, because I'm just speaking into the ether um, on my topical episodes, which really, you know, it's just me talking about what you should do when you talk to clients or, or how, to, how to promote your business without spending a lot of money. You know, it's simple. Um, and the, and the, and the cool thing that came out of that is that, is that, uh, I started interviewing people from all over the place and what it, what it came down to is that our business struggles are universal, no matter where we are in the world. And the people that are listening to me and very successful, big time contractors, like way bigger vision than I ever had for a business hearing that both that person and I are went through what they're experiencing right now. It's, it's relatable. Validate. It's been validating and, 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 and people really feel good about what they're doing. Um, but that universal struggle, you know, I, when I look at like social media and I see what people are building, what they're doing, you know, I'm a residential contractor, so let's just take houses. I look at how they're doing stuff and it's not how I do stuff here. So I'm interested in it, but the conversation about it is, you know, it's more localized, but I can talk about what's going on with my business, uh, anywhere. You know, I travel the world in the winter. I've been, I've been to probably 45 countries now and everywhere, oh, I, everywhere I've been, uh, I meet workers. I meet late, I meet contractors, trade people, everybody, you know, people and doing whatever. And uh, a lot of a lot of restaurant people too, because they're they've got the flexible schedules. But uh, when we talk about work, the things that we talk about are clients, working with other people, working with your crew, your boss. You know, it's the business stuff we talk about. It's the business. It's that's 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 universal. And so that's been the. The, the building yeah. side of things changes though. So like we, we may do things different than another country. I probably do things different than you up there, but the business aspect of it is the same regardless. It's yeah. still invoicing. It's still billing. It's still not getting a check for nine weeks after you bill and all that good stuff. That, that makes sense. That's really cool that you've been able to connect like that. And that's why I think um, your book's going to be huge because like you're saying, everybody has these problems. Everybody's going through a labor shortage right now. It's not just one local area. This is hitting everybody. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I, I had a, a up and coming contractor call me this morning and talk about his business a little bit because I asked him to be on the show. And, you know, he's only been on his own for a year, but his look, it looks awesome. And we talked and I'm like, man, this is exactly what people need to hear that you are experiencing this. And, and he, he, he said that, you know, he's so happy to hear that in these interviews, we're, we're all talking about it and that, that I'm like willing to be vulnerable and just talk about, you know, I screwed up a lot, but who cares? Like it's how you grow. Yeah. It's the and things people, people need to hear too. Like we had Byron, 
uh, Schmidt on here. Uh, I don't remember which episode, but a lot of what he talked about, what motivates him is the whole like abolishing trade secrets. I mean, I think yeah. just more people need to share this types of information. Uh, one, it's just a lot of people willing to share it. Um, and it's very helpful to kind of like hear your story, the journey, uh, the struggles that you face, because it is universal. Um, and it's helpful to hear those stories. And that's why I'm excited for your book, too. And I think there's also a lot of substance to the podcast that you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I heard that uh, I heard the pod with Byron a while back. And yeah, I'm totally I, I really like that concept because I when I started out, everything was a secret. And yeah. you're just like trying to get information. It was so hard. And, and now that I've been doing the pod and back on Instagram, because I didn't, when I was on Instagram as my business, I didn't interact with hardly any other builders. I see that there's this huge community that just wants to share information now. And it's awesome. I mean, I wish it was there when I was younger, but I've I, so I want to make it easier off for of it. people. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have slept so much better. I would have slept so many more hours. If, I think, I think a lot just... of, a lot of people think that the problems they're dealing with is specific to them. Like it's something that no, nobody else has gone through. And then along with everybody, everything else, people typically bottle everything up regardless of the situation. So like I've talked about it on here many times, I've had issues where we've lost thousands in a day and that problem has been publicly addressed many times. You can learn from it and you'll never freaking do it yourself, but opening up and talking about something that went wrong. Most people don't do that. Most people only want to talk about the good. That's like on the whole Instagram world too. People share the, the best looking picture possible. It's like you hit the angle, you hit the filter, and then you dialed that caption in. But what you're not talking about is how John cut his finger off last Thursday. It's true. Uh, um, and we all lose money. We oh, all yeah. have jobs where we lose money. And there's a lot of people online that say that you, you, you know, you need to not do that ever. And it's like, you have, have you been in the business? Cause some situations, it's just inevitable. Yeah. You can't avoid you it. Know? And when you have, when you have, when you left the job site and you told three people to do it this way and you came back five hours later and they did it their way and they got to undo it, you know, that's out of again. your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. You don't charge the client for it, you know, and that's out of your, that's out of your margin. Yeah. So I think there, there's a lot the of things that, that people don't see. And hopefully you, you keep us posted on your book and we'll, we'll promote the heck out of it. I want to read it myself and I think it could help out. Well, thanks very much. Mike, we have uh, a few last questions for you. Uh, the most serious questions. The most serious too. questions. Um, uh, before we end each episode, uh, we run through our fast five. It's five questions to be answered in a sentence or less. And so the first one, let's roll with it. Um, this will be good to hear from you as well. If someone asked to be your apprentice and to learn all that you know, what would you teach them today? Plum level and square. There we go. Love it. All right, way more serious one. Question two, if you were a video game, what would some of the cheat codes be? If, if your life was a video game, what would some of the cheat codes be? Uh, cheat codes. I haven't infinite, played a video game in a long time. Infinite money. <laughs> the infinite health. You got to go with the two. Never lose money on a contract. 
That'd be a good cheat code. Figure out a way to retire. Shit. Retire. Think about it. Yeah. That's not I could a good use, cheat code. I could use that cheat code right about now. Yeah. <laughs> You're 25, Matt. Hey, don't talk about that. <laughs> All right. Three, a brain teaser for you, Mike. Uh, what goes up and down but can't move? You're a carpenter. You should know this. I give up. A staircase. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that one since I was, <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> Number four, your one message to the next generation would be? Don't take things personally. It's not, you know, people's perception is their own. Don't be offended by everything. Um, you know, let things roll off your back. When people Shit. say things, they don't always know the whole story. And one of the things I've noticed with in trades is that, like I was saying at the beginning, oh, this is that one sentence thing. But you're good. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, it's good. Is that, you know, when I was a kid and, and my aunt told me I should be a carpenter to fall back on. And it was looked down upon kind of that to be a trade person. And I see that there, that, that sort of sentiment is still cast. It's still out there uh, in a lot of places. And I see on hammer, there's a lot of people talking about it, but you know, I think just don't let them get in your head. Like it's a systemic failure. It's not just the individual that you're dealing with that doesn't understand. It's a systemic failure that caused this. So don't let that stuff get in your head, you know, make money and ignore them. If you're going to go into trades, if you're going to go off on your own, just make money and ignore all that shit because you'll get, you'll psych yourself out, you know, just be laughing in the end when you're making more money and, and you're happy, you know, but I, I just, think that you need to let things roll off your back more and and not be so sensitive not, don't be well don't think and everybody i mean it's not just the generation it's every generation just yeah i mean everybody's got to take things less personally for sure if if you don't mind me asking really quick mike do you like when you started you know through high school college and everything um and like fully committing to your business was there some hesitancy there because of the stigma to you to like fully commit and lean into building your business yeah that's a good question uh there was definitely some naysayers and i had to really 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 fight to ignore that that getting into my head because there were people that were in my field that that boxed you know that thought it was a bad idea and, mm. um, but i just had to trust myself that i knew what i was doing because i knew how to build a house by myself and that's something they didn't know. That's mm -hmm. pretty damn impressive. That's probably so, why they're telling you not to go into the space. Well, the thing is, is, is people will, not everybody, but people, naysayers will bring you down just to make themselves feel better. And that's, again, like a good yeah. reason to just, to just, I mean, you have to assess what people are saying to you, but don't, don't let it get in your head. On like, top of that, they'll tell yourself. you that it's not, it's not possible just because they think they couldn't do it either. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, take care of yourself and. You know, pick your good friends that you trust and rely on them for good feedback too. You know, people that are honest with you. And um, I think, I think right. one of the things that I remind myself of, Matt, you probably do too, but the people do and more than you, they're never really giving you shit. So 
I think that's the best way to look at it. Okay. On that note, I feel the the need to share this. I have sent Mark Wahlberg videos of myself every <laughs> freaking holiday for the last five years on Instagram. And one day that goes to show that people that are doing more never, never look your way. One day he's going to open his Instagram message and just have 500 pictures and messages. <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably going to get arrested, but what are you yeah. doing in the pictures? Oh, all sorts of things. I send him pictures at Thanksgiving dinner, opening Christmas presents, <laughs> kind of just like treating them as one of the family. Yeah. I love one, it. one day I hope he acknowledges me. Marky Mark. I love the consistency, Matt. On to the final. All right. Last question, Mike. What does the term bread to build mean to you? It's a good question. Um, it means you prepared yourself and you're going to go do it. Couldn't have said it better. That's awesome. Um, Mike, we're going to close out. Thanks so much for joining the Bread to Build podcast. Before we let you off the hook, though, where can people find and connect with you? Well, first, thanks for having me on, you guys. It's been awesome. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while. Um, You're and- our first person from Alaska. That cool. says something. Keep keep going. Sorry for interrupting. And uh, so you guys can, everyone out there can find me on Hammer at Mike Kenoki. My last name is spelled K-N-O-C-H-E on the Hammer app. You can find me at, at the Contracting Handbook on Instagram. And my website is thecontractinghandbook.com and you if you go there you can find the links to all the platforms to listen to the podcast um you can find me on apple you can find me on 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 spotify whatever but at that website and you can also leave reviews there because i have a website now where you can actually leave a review because the only place you can leave reviews for podcasts currently is on itunes so i've got you I found it. This looks awesome. You have all your recent episodes on here and everything. That's rad. Awesome, Mike. Well, let's close out. Guys, thanks for listening to the 16th episode of the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward. If you like this episode, you like what we're doing, Mike says, leave an awesome review. Um, If you'd like to follow me (laughs) Throw us us some one stars. Some, some one stars just mix it up a little you know, bit you know it's funny matt i mean you did screw get my, more my outro but uh you did leave the four-star review i did we had a perfect That's... five someone had to fuck it up <laughs> thanks matt keep it going awesome if you'd like to follow me on social media you can find me on hammer and all platforms at brett going matt take it away i just uploaded on youtube for the first time in four and a half months um you can find me on every platform at matt bangswood you can find me on hammer at matt um yeah, it's been fun. It's nice to be back. We'll see you guys on the next episode of the Bread to Build podcast. Boom. Mic drop. We're out. Oh.